Welcome to another edition of the Rancher Radio Podcast. My name is Jim Watkins. I'm your host. And in a minute, we're going to talk about the pre-bestowal life of Jesus. On August 21st, Urantia Book readers celebrate Jesus' birthday. As the Urantia Book says, that Jesus was born on August 21st, was it 7 BC at noon. And if you want to give yourself a real treat, and if you have never read the life and teachings of Jesus, a great place to start is the very beginning of what Israel was like, what Palestine was like. You want to read about what life was like for the typical Jewish boy? You'll give yourself a real treat in reading those first initial months before Jesus was born and then after. And I highly recommend that you read it. Also, a couple things I want to just comment about before we get to uh, my main topic. One is that I got kind of sick, so it was a real struggle for me to do anything for about three weeks. I got COVID, and it really zapped me. And uh, also, and speaking of things going on, you might want to check your inbox or go over to the Urantia Foundation. The UBS is uh, getting ready to start a new online course. Registration opens Monday, September 11th, 9-11. Courses begin the week after, and uh, I encourage you to go. And, and if you've never done a course, try it. it. It's very cool. You get to read. You get to read what other people write about. And you learn a lot. And you really get some of the subject matter in the Arantia book in a big, big way. So uh, registration, again, opens. I got the email. But basically, just go to the Arantia Book Foundation. And there on the front page, visit the UBIS website. And it's in blue. Registration for the new trimester opens Monday, September 11th. That's coming up. Uh, and then, of course, I mentioned earlier, Jesus' birthday. Um, and also, someone sent me a link, uh, and they say that uh, uh, they had a, uh, AI create a website that shows all the different Urantia-related websites. And it's called, and, and this woman, she sent me the link. It's called UrantiaResources.com. UrantiaResources.com. I think that's right. I'll confirm that in just a second. Uh, In fact, why don't I just do that right now? And voila, it is there, UrantiaResources.com. And it's a compilation of all the different Urantia-related websites. Even I'm on it, which is kind of cool, but it's got got the Truth Book page, the Urantia Foundation page, video and films that are produced by various people in the Urantia community, ways you can buy bling. Uh, They've got lessons that people have posted up on YouTube. Uh, And it's just so great. Isn't it wonderful? It's just this big community that's growing right under everybody's noses. I've never felt better about it uh, than I do now. So um, anyway, com. check it out. That was created by artificial intelligence. Isn't that something? Maybe guided by a midwayer? Huh, who knows? Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. And then we'll come back and we'll talk about the pre-bestowal life of Michael, or as you might know him, as Jesus. We'll get to that in just a second. Welcome back to the Arantia Radio Podcast. I wanted to pick something that was kind of cinematic to set the mood I tell you, every once in a while, I'll have a person who listens to this podcast 
and they give me recommendations on papers to read. And there's, you know, 196 papers, right? And every one of them is subdivided by at least six or seven, sometimes 10 chapters. So there's plenty of material, but, you know, it's got to hit me. You know, like sometimes I, something may not hit me or I might be in the mood to read about something that I haven't thought about in a long time. But I hadn't really read the pre-bestowal papers in years. And the pre-bestowal papers are pretty awesome because basically what they tell us is what Jesus was up to before he decided to make our planet uh, his final bestowal. So uh, let me give you an example. And then I'll read a little bit and then we could talk a little bit about it. But, you know, Jesus as as a creator son had to go through all of the experiences of the life forms that he had created. And he smartly, and we were talking about this in the previous podcast with Chuck, he smartly, it it wasn't really self-evident until his maybe third or fourth bestowal that he had a particular plan, which kind of gave a clue to the fact that he would come to our world. And he did that by accepting assignments on either universes or constellations or uh, mansion worlds that had been affected by rebellion. So he took on some really tough assignments. And in a second, I'll share with you just some excerpts from the Arantia book that talk about this whole thing. So in this episode, we look at the seven bestowals of Christ, including six previous bestowals before his last one, which impacted our tiny little planet and gave us a permanent place among the heavens. And there's so many interesting facets to this paper because it really sets the stage for the final act of a creator's son to live as a human being and experience life as the lowest member of his family of sons, the earthly children of God the Father. The Arantia book is a revelation, and prior to this presentation, this story has not been told. So you'll never hear this story of his seven previous pistols anywhere. I don't even think they're even described by the prophets. You might find a morsel here or there about the rebellion in, in John and Revelation or Daniel or Ezekiel. But these are these are his this is a unique presentation. And so a few things to mention before we get into the paper, which is going to be paper one nineteen. Um th- uh it's it's just an insightful consideration when you think of the man Jesus. And so he didn't even come to his full recognition of his former self until, until the day of baptism, as the Arantia book narrates. When the Spirit speaks uh, in, you know, over the river Jordan, behold my son in whom I am well pleased, uh, th- that's the the spirit of Michael uh, and God giving uh, substance to the fact that Jesus has completed his final bestowal. So why are these bestowals, right? The purpose of the creature incarnations is to enable such creators to become wise, sympathetic, just, and understanding sovereigns. I'm reading from the Arantia book. These divine sons are innately just, but they become understandingly merciful 
as a result of these successive bestowal experiences. They are naturally merciful, but the experiences that they endure make them merciful in new and additional ways. These bestowals are the last steps in their education and training for the sublime tasks of ruling the local universes in divine righteousness and by just judgment. So they're, they're sort of done when the universes are young. Uh, from paper uh, 119, so this would be on page 1308. Uh, Though numerous incidental benefits accrue to the various worlds, systems, and constellations, as well as the different orders of universe intelligences affected and benefited by these bestowals, still they are primarily designed to complete the personal training and universe education of a creator son himself. In, in this way, such sons become intelligent and understanding rulers. They come to know the various groups over which they rule and exercise universe authority. By living experience, they possess themselves of practical mercy, fair judgment, and the patience born of experiential creature existence. All the inhabitants of Salvington and those dwelling on the constellation and system headquarters and the worlds therein assembled about their respective receiving stations for universe intelligence, hoping to get some word of the mission of the whereabouts of the Creator's Son. And they're saying that the members of, of Michael's universe, Salvington, Nebadon, and Salvington being the capital, uh, they're aware of these bestowals, and but they don't know them in real time. They only hear that the Michael departure was made, and then silence. And then they wait until that bestowal mission is over, and then Michael returns to his rightful position, and then we hear the stories. So they describe it as this day, as this. Not until the third day after Michael's departure was any message, and this is his first bestowal, was there any message of possible significance received. On this day, a communication was registered that went like this. At noon today, there appeared on the receiving field of this world a strange Melchizedek son, not of our number, but wholly like our order. And this is about all that appears on the records of Salvington regarding the first Michael bestowal. This record is preserved in a simple temple, which now occupies the foreground of the home of the father Melchizedek, the first Melchizedek of Nebadon. And it comprises the narration of the service of this transitory Melchizedek son in connection with his assignment to 24 missions of universe emergency. Now, we had our own Melchizedek. We know him from the Arantia book as Machavinta Melchizedek. Uh, in other religions, the Mormon religion, he's simply referred to as Melchizedek. And, of course, the Hebrew faith and uh, the Islamic faith and Melchizedek is a major spiritual personality. A lot of Christians don't know much about Melchizedek because he's mentioned only a few times in the Old Testament, but he's also mentioned in the New Testament. And in fact, there's one reference made to Jesus himself being on the order of the Melchizedeks. So Michael's first act as a bestowal son, his first bestowal act, is to assume the personality of a Melchizedek. And then he goes about and he is assigned 24 missions of universe emergency. So he was no doubt right up front, right smack dab, head on, 
going into rebellion territory, going into the front, and, and learning really what it's like under the harshest of conditions. And I can only imagine what that could be. And then it reads, and that is all I am permitted to tell you of the first bestowal of Michael. We, of course, fully understand that this strange Melchizedek, who so mysteriously served with the Melchizedeks a billion years ago, was none other than the incarnate Michael on the mission of his first bestowal. Now, for you Christians out there, what they're telling you is that we saw the last bestowal, but the first bestowal goes back in time a billion years. Try to take that time frame into consideration. Bestowal number two, they describe, for almost 150 million years after the Melchizedek bestowal of Michael, all went well in the universe of Nebadon. When trouble began to brew in System 11 of Constellation 37, this trouble involved a misunderstanding by Alan and Andek's son, a system sovereign, much like our Lucifer, uh, which had been adjudicated by the Constellation Fathers, the Most Highs, and approved by the Faithful of Days, the Paradise Counselors, to that Constellation. But the protesting system sovereign was not fully reconciled to the verdict he may be felt slighted in some way. After more than 100 years of dissatisfaction, he led his associates in one of the most widespread and disastrous rebellions against the sovereignty of the Creator's Son ever instigated in the universe of Nebadon, a rebellion long since adjudicated and ended by the action of the Ancients of Days on Uversa. So in Constellation 37, System 11, in System 11 there was a rebellion. This rebel system sovereign Lutentia reigned supreme on his headquarters planet for more than 20 years of standard Nebadon time, whereupon the Most Highs, with the approval from Uversa, our central universe capital, ordered his segregation and requisitioned the Salvington rulers for the designation of a new system sovereign. So the higher-ups said, we need, we need to bring in a new system sovereign. Lutentia, you're out. Michael shows up. Three days after this unexplained leave-taking, there appeared among the reserve corps of the primary Lananandek sons of Nebadon, a new and unknown ne member. Certified by Emmanuel of Salvington, directing that this new son be assigned to System 11 of Constellation 37 as the successor of the deposed Lutentia and with full authority as acting system sovereign pending the appointment of a new sovereign. So for more than 17 years of universe time, this strange and unknown, unknown temporary ruler administered the affairs and widely adjudicated the difficulties of this confused and demoralized local system. Kind of similar to ours. How many, how many planets in our, I think 37, in our system of 619 fell to the rebellion of Lucifer? Well, in system 11... Uh, they don't spe specify, but they say that the system itself is demoralized. And this new Lananandek son that they brought in, he was beloved by all the system and adored by his fellows of all groups of Lananandek sons. His departure was not an unceremonious. A great celebration was arranged when he left the system headquarters. Even his erring predecessor, Lutentia, sent this message to this Lananandek son that we all know now was Michael. 
And Lutentius said, Just and righteousness or righteous are in you in all your ways. While I continue the rejection of the paradise rule, I am compelled to confess that you are a just and merciful administrator. That's what he said to Michael, or the Lananadek son, that basically replaced him. You know, Lutentius mad as hell, but he couldn't be mad at this Lananadek son. And they, and you know, it, I'm glad they celebrated that bestowal because we didn't give him that honor. Bestowal number three, the life carriers on planet 217 and system 87 and constellation 61 for the dispatch to their assistance of a material sun. That's what they needed, a material sun. Now this planet was situated in a system of inhabited worlds where another system sovereign had gone astray, the second such rebellion in all of Nebadon up to that time. And so on the third day thereafter, there appeared unannounced on the headquarters world of System 87 and Constellation 61, a strange material sun. Immediately, the acting system sovereign appointed this new and mysterious material sun, acting planetary prince of world 217. And this designation was at once confirmed by the Most Highs of Constellation 61. I think it's interesting that they give the specificity of these of these numbers. I, I think what they're trying to weave is a conception of how the system is organized by system, by constellation, uh, and by, by um, minor sectors and major sectors. And what it does is I think it helps the, the intellectual apparatus of the brain sort of build a framework by which all of this action is taking place. I think it's very clever. Now, some might say it sounds like you know, something that Isaac Asimov would come up with. Maybe it does. But it's a very well-constructed uh, story. And so it continues on. It says, Thus did this unique material son begin his difficult career on a quarantine world of secession and rebellion, similar to uh, our own Adam, Adam and Eve. Although they, you know, this material son uh, didn't actually start the problem, but he did inherit a pretty bad situation. Located in a beleaguered system without any direct communication with the outside universe, working alone for a whole generation of planetary time. This emergency material sun affected the repentance and reclamation of the defaulting planetary prince and his entire staff and witnessed the restoration of the planet to the loyal service of the paradise rule as established in the local universe. So he restored the circuits. You know, imagine if Jesus or Michael in his bestowal had come to our world as a material son and had replaced Adam and Eve and set things right. In due time, a material son and daughter arrived on this rejuvenated and redeemed world, and Michael took leave. So a brief recap. From paper 119, we learn that the bestowals of Michael as a Melchizedek son, then as a Lananandek son, and next as a material son, are all equally mysterious and beyond explanation. In each instance, he appeared suddenly and as a fully developed individual of the bestowal group. And it writes, Each of these missions was followed by an age of increasing service and loyalty among all celestial intelligences of universe origin. While each succeeding bestowal age was characterized by advancement, and improvement in all methods of universe administration, 
and in all techniques of government. So Michael came, he saw, he made better. He came and his impact and influence was long-lasting. The fourth bestowal we learned from uh, page 1313, it was one of, it was, it was at the end of one of the periodic millennial roll calls of Uversa, our central universe headquarters, that Michael proceeded to place the government of Nebadon in the hands of Emmanuel and Gabriel. And of course, recalling what had happened in times past following such action, we all prepared to witness Michael's disappearance on his fourth mission of bestowal, and we were not long kept waiting. On the third day after his bestowal disappearance, we observed in the universe broadcast the unannounced arrival of an unknown seraphim. This seraphim tests out as belonging to the supreme order of the angels of a local universe and has already been assigned to the core of the teaching counselors. Michael's absence from Salvington during this time, the seraphic bestowal for a period of over 40 standard universe years. During this time, he was attached as a seraphic teaching counselor, what you might denominate a private secretary, to 26 different master teachers functioning on 22 different worlds. His last or terminal assignment was as counselor and helper attached to a bestowal mission of a Trinity teacher son on World 462 and System 84 of Constellation 3. Never throughout the seven years of this assignment was this Trinity teacher's son wholly persuaded as to the identity of his seraphic associate. But everyone knew it was Michael on one of his bestowal missions, this time as a supreme seraphim. Fifth bestowal, the record reads, there arrived today an unannounced and unnumbered ascended pilgrim of mortal origin from the universe of Nebadon certified by Emmanuel of Salvington and accompanied by Gabriel of Nebadon, this unidentified being presents the status of a true spirit and has been received into our fellowship. If you should visit Uversa today, you would hear the recounting of the days when even Todd sojourned there, this particular and unknown pilgrim of time and space being known on Uversa by that name. And this ascending mortal, at least a superb personality in the exact likeness of the spirit stage of the ascending mortals, lived and functioned on Uversa for a period of 11 years. That was Michael's fifth bestowal as a supreme spirit of an ascending mortal. He lived there on Uversa seven years. And now we come to the sixth bestowal from paper page 1315 of the Arantia book. Michael appeared on the headquarters of Constellation 5 as a full-fledged Marantia mortal of ascending status. I regret that I am forbidden to reveal the details of this unnumbered Marantia mortal's career, for it was one of the most extraordinary and amazing epics in Michael's bestowal experience, not even accepting his dramatic and tragic sojourn on Urantia. But among the many restrictions imposed upon me in accepting this commission is one which forbids my undertaking to unfold the details of this wonderful career of Michael as a Maracha mortal of Endentum. That's the place of his sojourn. When Michael returned from this Maracha bestowal, it was apparent to all of us that our Creator had become a fellow creature, 
that this universe sovereign was also the friend and sympathetic helper of even the lowest form of created intelligence in his realms. We had noted this progressive acquirement of the creature's viewpoint and universe administration before this, for it had been gradually appearing, but it became more apparent after the completion of the Maracha mortal bestowal, even still more so after his return from the career of the carpenter's son on Urantia. And then paper, page 1316, the seventh and final bestowal. For tens of thousands of years, we all looked forward to the seventh and final bestowal of Michael. Gabriel had taught us that the terminal bestowal would be made in the likeness of mortal flesh, but we were wholly ignorant of the time, place, and manner of this culminating adventure. The public announcement that Michael had selected Urantia as the theater for his final bestowal was made shortly after we learned about the default of Adam and Eve, and thus for more than 35,000 years your world occupied a very conspicuous place in the councils of the entire universe. There was the fullest universe publicity of all that had transpired on your small but highly honored world. Joshua ben Joseph, the Jewish baby, was conceived and was born into the world just as all other babies before and since, except that this particular baby was the incarnation of Michael of Nebadon, a divine son of paradise and the creator of all this local universe of things and beings. And there it reads, the bestowal mission helps us understand a few things about our universe, that Jesus is a sympathetic son of God, and he knows through experience each of the levels of existence from Melchizedek all the way down to the life of a human being. His bestowal also helps us to understand the latter up because we will no doubt, uh, under his tutelage and ministry, achieve some of those sonship levels. We'll never become a Melchizedek or a Lananandek son, but we'll become a, an ascending mortal and we'll become more spiritualized as time goes on. The whole of the bestowal experience outlines how Michael has organized his universe and it perfectly executes the story as it is laid out from papers 1, 2, and 3 of the Arantia book. Along with part 4, the life and teachings of Jesus completes the storyline of the entire revelation. It completes the picture. And so now I will conclude with this final, and I hope that you've enjoyed this presentation of paper 119. And I wish to make one more point before we conclude this episode. If you notice in the first few bestowals, we want to put a certain amount of emphasis on the fact that Jesus was preparing himself for his seventh bestowal and must have had the foresight to recognize the experience that he would need to acquire in order to deal justly and with mercy as he entered upon his seventh bestowal on Urantia, which had been scarred by a defaulting material son and daughter, a defaulting apostate planetary prince, and a system sovereign who had rebelled. So in this way, Jesus had built up uh, experiential knowledge and wisdom that would aid him later in navigating through his mortal life here on our world. From paper and page 1318, it required almost one billion years of Urantia time to complete the bestowal career of Michael and to effect the final establishment of his supreme authority in the universe of his own creation. Michael was born a creator, educated and administrator, trained and executive, but he was required to earn his sovereignty by experience. 
And thus has your little world become known throughout all Nebadon as the arena wherein Michael completed the experience which is required of every Paradise Creator son before he is given unlimited control and direction of the universe of his own making. As you ascend the local universe, you'll learn more about the ideals of the personalities concerned in Michael's previous bestowals. And there completes our examination of paper 119. And I hope you've enjoyed this presentation. Don't forget, you can always reach out to me, yourrancherbookradio at gmail.com and our website, yourrancherradio.net. Until next time, thanks for stopping by. Happy birthday to Michael. <laughs>